Welcome to Woke and Wired, a new conversation about expanded consciousness and entrepreneurship. Hey guys, how is it already September? I'm not sure. Anyway, this week I'm thinking about resistance. It's when we fight what is, when we fight facts and spend too much energy trying to fix things that we waste a lot of our life force doing that. And instead, when we find the capacity in ourselves to just accept situations as they are, whether it be within us or with people around us, there's just this whole space that opens up, space for taking action, and it starts with acceptance. I've been practicing that in my business and in my personal relationships, and it's very interesting. Just ask yourself next time you're unhappy with something or maybe unhappy with yourself. Just ask yourself, what would it be like if you were to drop any resistance that's coming up with it? What if we just let it all be exactly the way it is? What would you have energy to do in the world if that was the case? And if you are in New York City, then on September 14th, 2018, join me and one of my podcast guests, Katie Hess, who is the founder of beautiful flower essence company, Lotus Way in New York City for an event at Anima Mundi Herbs, where we're going to be doing a live podcast talking about entrepreneurship, all things girl boss. We're going to have a little ceremony. We're going to drink cacao, drink acai, take some flower essences. And both of us are going to be there to really bring these conversations that we're having here with you guys, where you're not really able to speak back to us right away. So we decided to have this intimate event at this gorgeous space in Greenpoint where we can actually connect with you and you can connect with other listeners and just talk about things in a very real and raw way. So if you're in New York City, join us. For any events or announcements like this that you hear on here, 99% of times you can find more info on my Instagram, which is at WokenWired. I also have a separate Instagram handle at Woke and Wired Podcast, which is just for things podcast. So if you want to catch me in either one, do that. And I'm so stoked to introduce this week's guest. If you enjoy this episode, please take a moment to leave a review and a rating in iTunes. It really, really, really helps. And I appreciate each one of you who does that. So Amy Fraser is one of those friends who we don't see each other very often, but when we do, it turns into this totally rich and present brainstorm of all things personal and business. Amy is one of those people I feel super comfortable talking about anything with. And what she does is she's the founder of a website called OK Real, which I'm a huge fan of and have been from the very beginning. We've done several events together, several live events, talking about career and self-love and and rituals and all kinds of things. So if you're not a fan yet, definitely go to okreal.co. It's a, a great website. It's a curation of wisdom shared by aspirational women. And through content and offline activations all around the world, OK Real guides women in determining what their vision of fulfillment looks like and how to create it. 
Okay Real is based in New York City and was found by Amy Fraser in 2014. She is a communicator whose mission is to uplift women through community and connection. She founded Okreal to provide a resource for a modern community of women who are striving to create their own path and want authentic advice to help them do so. I just got to tell you, the voice of Okreal is like no other publication I've seen out there. It's like the most vulnerable, raw, well-written Instagram posts that you've seen and, and added to your bookmarks times 100, all in one place with incredible women. In this conversation, Amy shares... Everything from how she started OK Real and how it didn't monetize in any way for a year and what actions she took and what mindset she took on to change that. And part of the success, incredible success, has been doing offline events and creating that IRL community with events that if you've seen OK Real Instagram stories, you may have seen that their lines go around the block. They pack huge rooms every single time. I've never seen events as successful and Amy shares how exactly she does that. We talk about how she finds support and stays strong and empowered as a single mother and an entrepreneur that manages a team of people from overseas. She is currently in New Zealand where she is from and you may hear her son who's adorable, her son Ra in the background. We talk about fulfillment over success, about perseverance, about affirmations, about writing down your goals to bring them into reality, about growing a business, doing what you love, empowering women, creating a community, the role that social media has played in Ocario's success, and what non-traditional marketing moves Amy made that led her to partnering with brands like Barbie, Lou and Gray, Everlane, and a lot of other really cool brands. Enjoy the brilliance of Amy, enjoy her vulnerability, and share your takeaways with us by tagging both Amy and Woken Wired in your screenshots of you listening to the podcast. I'm going to link to all the accounts in the show notes below, as usual. You can find them also on wokeandwired.com. Okay, guys, I'm here with Amy, the founder of OK Real, my favorite website about wisdom of real women from all around the world and how to really find your fulfillment. And Amy is here with me from New Zealand with her baby, Ra. So if you hear baby in the background, no big deal. That's what's happening. It's Ra. Amy, I'm so excited to be speaking with you. I know. I'm so excited to speak with you too. Like you were saying before we jumped on recording, we would have so many excellent conversations and I am now being taken back to them. So just because there is an ocean between us, I have no doubt that we're going to have another one right now. Yes. And guys, Amy and I were just talking before we started recording is we would meet up once in a blue moon once in a few months and have the most incredible brainstorming sessions about her business, about my business, about all the challenges we're going through. And so my vision really was with this conversation to take it from behind the closed doors to out there in the world, because I know if this is helping us and motivating us so much, then there's so many other people out there that this will benefit. So we're just going to go with the flow. So my first question for you, Amy, is what's making you feel woke? Wow. Hitting me with the heavy stuff first. Okay. For me, I know that woke has become a, I don't know, a somewhat colloquial term. But for me, if I had to interpret that, 
I would say for me, work means staying aware, being true to myself and being true to others in that process. I have to say having a baby, <laughs> and I think a lot of this conversation will direct back to that. Um, having a baby grounds you. It makes you step outside of yourself and see yourself and conduct yourself, not only not only yourself, but the, the people around you. Conduct yourself with more empathy. It cultivates compassion. I think that being woke has a lot to do with empathy and compassion. And ultimately, man, it grows you up. You know, it gives you perspective. So I would have to say that all of those things to me, being more of a self-aware person in the way that I operate, in the way that I treat others, in the way that I make decisions, that honestly, I think that has probably been the biggest or the most pivotal thing that has happened recently for me that has made me a better person, which I think being woke has a lot to do with. Hmm. And for you, so many big life changes happened at once. You know, I remember we we had a meeting last time and we spoke about hiring more assistants and outsourcing more parts of Mm -hmm. your business. And you were really setting up your life where you could take a few months off and go and have Ra back home in New Zealand. And Mm -hmm. so you laid this foundation for your business to run without you. And now it's been how long that you've been in New Zealand and your business is the probably most successful it's ever been running in New York. Yeah, it's so funny how things work out. Well, I think, you know, the first part of your question was, yes, I was laying this foundation and, you know, Rob was a planned baby. He's five months old now. And so I became pregnant in May 2017. And I really started, you know, being very future oriented as you are as well. Really started planning. How do I want to plan this out? And I love the quote that Cheryl Strayed gives, which is, you don't have a career, you have a life. And setting yourself up around or setting your work up around the way you want to live has always been a priority of mine. And so when a baby comes into the picture, and also the fact that my family is here in New Zealand, and I always wanted to give birth in New Zealand, at least, that presented some interesting obstacles for the way that I was going to continue to set my life up. And then what happened, as you know, I became a single mother unexpectedly at five months pregnant, and I'm currently going through a divorce. So, you know, that on top of everything, I kind of was like, you know, I'm going to have to figure out how to run my business and do all of that. And little did I know I had another huge change coming for me that, that I didn't deserve, to be honest, and that nobody deserves. And it showed me that you can be as planned and as independent and as strong as, you know, as you can possibly be. And yet there are still things you cannot prepare for. That's right. Yeah. And so I think, but like you said, it's, it's been interesting, you know, my business started flourishing or okay. Real started really reaching its highest heights right at the time that I became pregnant. And I think that a lot of women experience this, you know, particularly who are business owners and they reach that kind of, you know, I'm 31 years old right now. And I think, you know, you work from that period of kind of 25 to 30, you really knuckle down, you set yourself up and then it's childbearing years. And, and so many of us face this quandary. I knew that I wanted to have a baby. I knew that I wanted to run a business and I'm currently in the process of figuring out how to do both. And also, you know, while running a business from overseas, while going through a divorce, while reestablishing my identity, not only as a mother, but as a woman. So there's a lot, there's a lot going on. It's a lot. And you went from, you know, creating a hub for women 
to get inspiration and get wisdom from. And guys, just, you know, to give you the backstory, Amy and I were introduced to each other probably at least four years ago when we were connected to do an event that never ended up happening, but I just saw OK Real. I couldn't stop reading it. It immediately became my favorite website just because the storytelling was so refreshing and so different from anything that was out there at that time on the internet. And the stories of women were just shared in such a brilliant light that is so relatable. And immediately I knew that I, I want to be close to this woman. I want to know this woman. I want to be around her. I want to support what she's doing. And, you know, you went from creating this platform and putting those articles up there. And no one was reading in the beginning. You know, it, it took a, a minute for it to take off. And there you were in a place where it's flourishing. And actually now you can go back and accept that wisdom and accept that support from other women when you were in a place of going for divorce, mm -hmm. becoming a single mom. How do you think those seeds that you planted for the business mm -hmm. came back to you when you needed it most? Yeah, it's such a it's such a good question and one that I think about a lot. You know, when I was setting OK Real up and creating the space for women to learn from, and I always wanted to create a resource that women could use and, you know, use really tangibly to create results or change or whatever it was in their own lives. And I just think it's so, it's almost so ironic that something happened to me that was, you know, so horrible. And yet here I was looking at this community that I'd created kind of saying, wow, I didn't know that this was going to serve this purpose, but here it is. And this perhaps is one of the reasons why I was meant to do this. Without getting too woo-woo, I do believe that things happen for a reason. I think that me being a single mother with my son and me being in New Zealand and me having created this hub, as you say, with all of this advice and, you know, really built on this foundation of strength and this attitude of throw your shoulders back, pick yourself up and keep moving forward and decide that you are going to be okay. That has been such a blessing. The outreach and just like the amount of support that I received from this community. And of course, you know, and at the end of 2014, when I launched this little website, I had no idea that, that it was going to lead to this or that it was going to serve me in this way. And I've always maintained that I'm the biggest student of my own work. And I learn just as much from the woman who I interview and, you know, building a business within itself is a huge learning process, as you know, but it has like kind of culminated in this the most beautiful reward where I've been able to lean on this tribe and they have really given back to me in the most incredible way when I needed it most. So it's this idea that I think one of the reasons O'Carriel is so successful today is exactly because of your attitude of being humble and being a student and not talking from a place of I know better, but creating a safe space to learn all together. And I think a lot of women really resonate with you and love your events. And mm. the reason why OK Real events have lines that go around blocks, I've seen those on your Instagram stories. That's insane, <laughs> <laughs> which is totally rare in the business. I mean, it's huge. But I actually want you to walk us back to when you started OK Real. What were yeah. you personally going through that you came up with this idea? And why did you personally need it in your life? Well, I always, you know, I love, I love thinking about that time because I, 
and I love talking about it too because I think I think building a business and especially in New York is really can be very glamorized and you know I was just this 20 something year old kid who had come to the city in around 2009 I had worked in branding I had worked as an artist I'd kind of I'd pursued all of the things that I thought that I wanted to do and all of those things helped to grow me in the right direction but what I hadn't done was start my own thing and I there was something in me that wanted to do that and I didn't quite know how. And so I started this website with much, you know, with much deliberation. It's not like I just threw this site up and, you know, this, I would talk with people about it. And, you know, I think everybody just got sick of me, you know, talking about what I was going to do. And, you know, now I'm the biggest preacher of, you know, thinking about things doesn't provide clarity, doing does. And I love to say that because I I think a lot of us think, oh, you know, if we just think about it some more and get the plan and we'll suss it all out and then we'll do it. But that, for me at least, didn't provide me with any progress. It was actually sitting down and emailing web designer and developer and saying, this is the kind of thing I want to do and I'm not quite sure. And, and, you know, having, I guess, having the humility to think out loud and, and have people work with you in that collaborative phase. So I did two things. I, I was always extremely deliberate about the fact that it was going to be a business. And I think I said at the beginning, I have little notes in an iPhone somewhere saying, I'm going to do events and I'm going to partner with brands and that's going to be my revenue stream. <laughs> and I, yeah, it's, it's bizarre. And I'm going to create a community of women and it's going to be online and in real life. And I didn't know the details around that. I kind of started at the end and worked backwards. And so I, I think maintaining a, a very big vision but is important, but balancing that with the reality of starting small. And you can do both. You need to do both. It's essential to do both. You have to have that long-term or at least that kind of the, the pull, you know, the I'm not going to be stuck here writing an article or editing this little annoying bug in the back end. You have to keep that big vision um, because that is what's going to pull you forward. But you also have to be realistic enough to start with the little things that are really annoying, like writing the first <laughs> article. I mean, the amount of, the amount of like, things that I've written for OK Real and that starting process was very tedious and painful. And like you said, nobody read it. Like my mum read it, read the website and maybe two of my girlfriends. And But yet and it I looks just... so professional. And, you know, going back to, <laughs> yes, doing things, but... You didn't just throw the website up there, like you said. You actually put a lot of intention and thought into the design, into the messaging. So even if it was mm -hmm. just three people reading it, whoever did come across it saw it as this very professional and established entity. But that's because I was just pretending. I think that that's <laughs> such a key. Like, I think that, you know, I think businesses is like, essentially, what can you get away with? And I think that's such a good lesson, you know, even as you, whatever stage you're at in business. And with the website, I said to the developers, I said, I don't want this to look like a blog. I want this to look like a business, even though I'm sitting here on my couch next to a pile of laundry with no money <laughs> and working a few jobs to pay rent, whatever I was doing at the time. I think I was working as a freelancer. No, oh, was I? Gosh, I can't remember. <laughs> so long ago. But, and I said, you know, I really, I don't want this to look like a blog. Sarah agrees. Hi, Ra. I, I don't want this to look just like a, yeah, I don't want this to be a WordPress. I don't, and there's, there's nothing wrong with that, but I knew that it was important for me to have 
a very distinct design and a very distinct platform. And my experience in web design or branding and the fact that these guys were friends of mine, I was allowed to be very involved in the process. And I think that, you know, and I think this also relates to, this relates to so much, this idea of acting as the person you want to be. I was acting as a businesswoman. I Mm. wasn't a businesswoman. And slowly I became a businesswoman. You know, if you want to, I was looking and it's funny, you know, you bringing up this idea of, you know, looking back at what you've created and seeing how it's serving you now. I referred back to this article quite by accident when I was editing the site last night. And I used to do these Ask Amy letters, which was one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. And I just, you know, time for and all of that. I haven't done one in a while, but this woman had written to me about, you know, she had failed and and I came across this article, this response that I had written. I was like, ah, I needed to read that. And, you know, I talk about if you want to be respected, act like somebody who deserves respect. If you want to be a gracious person, act graciously. And so much of how we act contributes to who we are. And I know that sounds really fundamental, but we forget And sometimes we have to pretend, you know, if you want to be a confident person, act confident and act is the operative word there because sometimes we don't truly feel those things. We don't truly feel like we are successful enough to start a website or tough enough to have that negotiation. You just pretend, (laughs) you just pretend. Mm -hmm. And so the more, the more you, the more you inhabit that space, the more you inhabit that mentality, the more you become it. Yeah. And that goes back to also what you were saying, how you know, one of the ideas why you started the website, it's deciding that you're going to be okay, having that mindset, choosing that mindset, and moving Mm -hmm. forward with it. So it's really choosing how you want to be how you want to be perceived, acting that way until you really feel it in every cell of your body. So Mm -hmm. with what you've had to choice, yeah, exactly. So with what you've had to go through in the past year, with your divorce and with moving to New Zealand and becoming a single mom, what are some of the things that, and some of the mindsets that have helped you to remind yourself that you're okay, you know, you're going to be okay? Yeah, I think, um, how have I? Or maybe it well, wasn't even a mindset, well, maybe it was being with certain people that make you feel yeah. at home. Yeah, there's a few things. There's a few things. I think that for me, well, number one, I had seen my mum as a single mum with five kids, let alone one. So I kind of always grew up thinking, and she, you know, started her own business. And so I always had this subconscious belief of, oh, well, I'll be, you know, I could, I could do that. She can do that. I can do that. So I'd seen single motherhood in action and done successfully. So I didn't hesitate in that regard, I had, in terms of having people around me, that's a huge, that has been, I would say to anybody going through trauma or not even, you know, you don't have to go through a huge life-changing experience to, to have this as kind of a golden rule, but surrounding yourself with people who support you is really crucial. I think having a lot of love in your life and being reminded of the love you have in your life, you know, really, when I say surround yourself with people who love you. I really mean it. My family, my friends as well, my family in particular have just been the hugest support. I think something that Elaine Welteroth said recently in an interview I did with her, she said something along the lines of surrounding yourself with people who can see your truth and who can encourage that truth. We were talking about being around people who can see you at your best version, see you at your highest self. And 
that is really crucial because we forget who we are at times, especially when something bad happens to us, especially when we are building a business and things don't go well. Um, So I think having those people and in terms of deciding to be okay, that is a choice that you do not make once. That is a process of making that choice every single day and it takes work and it's a proactive choice. It's not saying I'm going to be fine and then staying in bed or, you know, mm-hmm. turning to drugs or alcohol. It's, it's different to having a mindset and then acting in opposition to that. You really have to be aligned in following through with, again, the way that you act. So you're accountable. You're accountable for being okay. You, you have to have the belief. And sometimes, again, you have to trick yourself. You can feel like absolute shit. And I think it's, there's a different, you know, there's a difference between pretending that you're totally fine and, you know, you really have to, whether it's grieving or whether it is working through a shit time with your business, you know, things don't go well often. And there's a balance between saying, okay, I'm going to feel this. I'm going to go through it. And, but I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And sometimes just switching the narrative in your in your head, you know, so often I think we find ourselves saying, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. And that becomes a really easy narrative. You know, it, it's easy to get and you start to spiral. So when I hear myself saying that, that little voice that we all have, becoming conscious of it and immediately saying, I do know what I'm doing. I do know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I do know what I'm doing. And I think, again, it's, it's, talking, it's talking over that voice or talking through it or talking with it. And yeah choosing i think what you're leading to is affirmations right so the affirmations so being conscious of the thought that is not serving you and consciously deliberately switching it to one that does and keep replaying it until it's real exactly keep doing it until it's real that's that's honestly that has been such a a lifesaver for me and and like i said some days you some days you're just not going to be able to face it and that's fine that's fine. But knowing that I always kind of was like, well, eventually I'm going to have to face it. I'm going to have to get on with it. And I hate wasting time. So mm-hmm. I was, you know, all about efficiency. I mean, you know, you can't always apply efficiency when you're, when you're healing and, and that type of thing. So it's, it's this really tricky balance of being gracious with yourself or having, having that grace and being gentle while also being really tough. And that, I think, is the magic formula that you will never that you will never master completely, but it is one that we should all be trying to balance or to master. Being tough yet gentle with yourself. I love that. I'm going to take that on. Yeah. Yeah. So back to OK Real and how the business grew. I'm curious, you know, you mentioned that you wrote things down. So that sounds Mm -hmm. like one of your practices. What are some of the other things that you did to grow your business? Maybe it was coaching or some personal development. And then how did the IRL component, do you think, impact its success? Mm-hmm. So in terms of practices, I, I definitely wrote things down. I think that's huge. I think, especially as a writer, I've always been, I've always thought, I think Joan Didion has a really great quote. It's like, I don't know what I think about something until I write it about it. And that was, that has been really relevant to me. If I'm able to figure something out, I'll write it down. And I also think practices we get caught up in having I know that you Ksenia, you're very big on intentions and rituals and 
I think those are important, but what I also think is important is the less shiny stuff of actually just getting on with it and doing it every day. And perseverance doesn't always come in a tidy package. I think sometimes it's just like, I mean, I'm learning it now. You know, I have to write emails while I'm breastfeeding my baby. And I I think having a flexible view of what a ritual or what a practice is. And in terms of the IRL events, they came about really from listening to, paying attention to what I wanted to do and also balancing that with what my audience wanted. The online interviews did so well. And, you know, I love people. I love And I would really, you mentioned that you just come back from this event and you're on this high. So you know exactly what I'm talking about when you've had this really great conversation with somebody and there's an energy, there's a really high frequency energy exchange and you, you can feel it and it's, it's tangible. And so being able to, you know, have other people witness to that, I mean, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you put that online interview in, into a physical context or let people be there. And so I really just, and I didn't change anything. You know, I didn't change what I did in terms of how I spoke with somebody. We just had an audience. And I think Everlane was the first brand to approach us about doing something in store and, or they had a showroom um, in Soho and it was packed out. And I spoke with Caroline Ventura, who is still a friend today and who just gave the most real down-to-earth interview about how she built her business. And we talked also about, you know, the fears that she had and the self-doubt and the realities that come with building a business and, and everything that she was doing. And I think that at the time was quite refreshing. Um, I think that there's more platforms out there now and, and definitely this kind of wave of feminism that came through it around that point that we just happened to catch that worked in our favor, but... You are the OG. Oh, I don't know about that, mate. I don't know about being the OG, but it was just so, it was so encouraging to have that crowd. And I mean, people couldn't get in the room. I think there's a couple hundred people there. And I was like, this is nuts. I, you know, and I, I just remember being so, again, surround yourself with people who support you. And I mean, that was, that was, that could have gone terribly. <laughs> and I, you know, I don't know what would have happened then, but it didn't. It went really well. And from there, we just continued to, we continued to partner with brands. And it was something that I was like, you know, this is, we can bring value to, to other people and people want to pay for value. And it was something, it was a non-traditional marketing technique at that point. I think now companies understand that this is this, you know, creating community and that kind of thing is, is what people want. But at the time it was a relatively new-ish concept, maybe for a, for a media platform to be doing something. Media platforms had events, but I think it was, it just felt, it felt fresh and people were excited about it. So it's not necessarily that I was the first one to do it by any means at all. There were plenty of incredible female focused events, but people seem to really love what we did. And so we kept doing it and we kept doing it and slowly it's grown. And, you know, I, I feel really privileged to be able to pack a room out and to have women come to these events and the friendships and collaborations that they make with the women in the audience are equally as valuable, if not more so than what they're seeing on the stage. Hmm. So, you know, I've done a lot of events myself and it's not something that I consciously 
take on. I love being an invited host like we're doing next week here with Adidas and Wonderlust and O'Garriel, which I'm so yep. stoked about. But I don't, so I like collaborating with other brands when someone else organizes the whole thing and I show up and I do my creative thing. But you seem to have really nailed the organization and have involved the right people and monetize them, you know, bring them to brands and explain them the value and educate the value of those things. How did you mm -hmm. know how to do all that? Because I remember when we were meeting years ago and talking about that, you were just kind of winging, you know, the brands. You were like, oh, one friend told me I should be charging this for email inclusions. And mm -hmm. then I was like, oh, maybe I should be doing the same for my business. It's, you know, for me, it's just these conversations with people in my circle and hearing things here and there and then applying them to my business. Do you have mm -hmm. like your go-to circle of women where you get these things from? Or how does that work? <sighs> Ah, uh, I'm still winging it, dude. I, I have a few more, you know, a few more brands and a bit more experience under my belt. But like I said, I think a lot of business has, a, has to do with what you can get away with. They think that, and look, that's not to say I, I rock up to a, an event and I don't know what I'm doing and I'm just pretending. Um, I think at this point that would be unprofessional. <laughs> but it starts from that point of I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to send this email with this rate. I'm just going to see what they come back with. Hmm. And then from there, somebody takes the bait and you think, oh my God, now I have this responsibility. And I think being very aware that with money and with, with that exchange, with somebody hiring you to do something, you do have to live up to that. Hmm. So it's not about, it's really not about, I don't know if this will resonate with anybody, but sometimes when you're pitching something and say you've thrown out a rather, you know, what you consider to be a higher number. And then they kind of, they say, oh yeah, you know, we could probably make that work. And then you get the fear And then you're like, oh my God, if I'm charging this, then I need to actually deliver. So it's it's not getting as much money as you can out of somebody. It's charging what you think is fair for the work that you're going to put in and also living up to that. So you mm -hmm. need, you know, if you you need to be able to provide that good experience. You need to pre be able to say, yes, women are going to show up and they're going to have a good time. And at the beginning, You can't guarantee that. And so you can't, be, you can't be too reckless or arrogant with the rates that you're charging. And you probably are going to lose money. I mean, the amount of money and time that I have, I don't want to say lost on the business. I want to say invested right. <laughs> as a euphemism for lost because you do spend so much time and you do spend so much money, but, and you do chart, you know, you do the amount of work that I have done for free. So you kind of need to acknowledge that that is part of building up your rates and building up your experience. I worked for free for a year. And by free, I mean, you know, I, I, before we had brand partners, or I think we'd done the Everlane one. And, you know, obviously it's not like we just had emails rolling in of people wanting to work with us. It took us from there. I thought, okay, I need to get good at this. Mm -hmm. And so I produced events independently for a good solid year and I would charge for tickets but I would be doing everything myself that the you know the ticket charge would maybe cover the wine and the venue hire and I'd be the one ticking the names off the door and <laughs> filling the wine and then running up to do the presentation but people came I mean you saw it we did a workshop together years ago mm -hmm. and people loved it so I was doing what I loved to do, but I was also working really hard at it. And I think that's the part that people miss. And in terms of growing that and figuring out how much to charge 
part of it is guesswork, but also part of it is, like I'm saying, doing the work. You know, I wasn't just putting together a really nice break card and a, a beautiful deck and sending that out to people and saying, this is what I'm worth. I was saying, this is what I'm worth because I've done the work and I know what goes into it. And I'm going to have to pay this much to hire this person. And if we want to make it good, then X, Y, and Z. And the amount of decks that I have oh, sent to girlfriends <laughs> and collaborators and back and forth, and you know how it is. It's it's not necessarily a certain type circle. Uh, there have definitely been women in my, you know, in my reach or women who are friends or who have been consistent over the years, but I don't have like a mastermind group or anything, you know, it's nothing official. And I think that, especially in the space of my life right now, like that's fine. I think you, you, I think mentorship is a very flexible term or arrangement and you meet people in your life who are going to serve you at one point and who you can, you can also give back to. And then, you know, now my, you know, somebody who I would look to for that kind of advice or feedback I'm probably going to be more interested in speaking with, um, you know, somebody who has kids and a business because that just introduces a whole new layer as opposed to when I was, when I owned my own time, 29, which I don't anymore. So I think to answer a very long-winded answer to your question in terms of figuring out how to actually monetize something is a little bit of winging it and a little bit of like, oh, let's see how much I can get away with combined with doing the work, combined with all of the late nights, with all of the mistakes that you make, with all of the perseverance when there is no guarantee and keeping on doing it. I mean, I've been doing it for a few years at this point. And even though it just kind of seems like, okay, real popped up in the last maybe eight months, really solidly, there's a lot of work that has gone into getting that line wrapping around the block. You know, hearing you say all this is just putting me at so much ease and reminding me that there is not one way. And that's exactly why you do what you do with telling stories of different women and how they overcome them, not so that people follow that, but so that women understand that there is not one way. You just go with the flow. You wake up and take it day by day, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so much of what I like to focus on is not this idea of success, but more so this idea of fulfillment. And what makes you whole? And there are so many different versions of that. And so I think that it's my responsibility at this point to show or to showcase women who have done that in different ways. And we all have such personal and unique and vibrant versions of what fulfillment means to us. And it's so much more than making a lot of money. And it's, you know, maybe that has something to do with it. And that's totally fair. But I think as women, we, we require, you know, we, we're multifaceted human beings, all of us, and we need to pay attention to all of those parts of us in order to really sit well with ourselves and be at peace. And so that's why, yeah, I love talking to women about, about how, how they've done it. And, you know, you're right. There is no one way. Okay. So we could keep talking we could <laughs> for another hour or two, but I know we should be wrapping up. So I have a couple of quick questions for you before we yeah. do that, Amy. So the first Got one it. is what was the breaking point when you knew that, yes, the brands are seeing me. I'm really going some, somewhere with OK Real. It's being seen. It's being read. I'm breaking through. I'm trying to think of how to answer this succinctly. I feel like it's been a long breaking point. 
I feel like there have been little chips away at, or I'll, I'll feel like it's a breaking point and then I'll, and then something will, I'll lose, you know, I'll lose a contract or a pitch or whatever. And, and then I'll be two steps back. So I think for me, it hasn't been this light bulb moment. It's been inching forward and kind of falling backwards and inching forward and falling backwards. So it's, it hasn't been totally linear and it hasn't been this um, huge flash. I think that my breaking moment comes in piecemeal and it's still happening. <laughs> yeah. So what role has social media played in the success of Ogerial? It has obviously expanded our community exponentially. We still don't have a huge, you know, I think social media, like a big following these days, you, you know, people have millions and gazillions of followers. I would say that in the theme of things, we still have a very small community, social media wise, but the connection that it has enabled for us in terms of reaching women and then also being able to share the stories that we have with a community outside of New York has been invaluable. And I think also personally, just having having gone through what I did, having that connection with other women who, you know, would just send me the D, like the odd DM saying thinking of you. I mean, all of those little, little small, seemingly insignificant messages that took a second to write cumulatively have been so powerful. So yeah, it's been fantastic. And I think another quick reminder here is that, you know, we tend to measure success based on how many followers, how many likes you've got. But I think OK Real is just such a brilliant example that the true impact you're creating and how many people you're impacting cannot be measured in any of that. No, no. The social media thing, I'm, I don't know if I should admit this, but I haven't been very strategic. I mean, we, I was kind of like, well, I don't have any content for Instagram let's just pull quotes from the interviews because that's what we have. So do what you can with what you have and focus on doing the work, you know, and your community will grow. If you focus on your craft, if you focus on the reason why, and if you focus on doing a good job as opposed to, I need to, I need to, you know, boost my followers. And yes, it's a currency, but changing people's lives is more important and everything else will follow. Yes. Oh my gosh. This is such a brilliant way to wrap this up. Amy, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. I'm just so in complete awe and amazement. I was, I was in awe and amazement of you before you had a baby. And now that you're doing it all, I'm just your next level. And Aww, thanks, Ksenia. I right love to that we got to have this conversation, that we got to share it. And do you have anything coming up or anything in particular that the listeners should check out on the internet to connect with you further? Yeah, absolutely. So we, I mean, we have our Adidas event. If you're in New York, coming up with you and following that, we actually have a few really exciting West Coast events in LA in the first week of August. So I will be there. And if you want to sign up to our newsletter, you can do so on okreal.co. We announce all of our events there. And then following that, we have some really exciting events in New York in the fall, which I will be there for as well. So yeah. Come hang out. The important question is, is Ra coming? No, he's not. He's not. He's not invited. My intern is going to be, he's not invited. Is it because um, he's not a woman? He, he's not a woman. Yeah. He doesn't have Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's going to stay with his Nana. I wouldn't get any work done. It's as hard as it is to leave my little boy. Yeah. It's best he stays here in nature, not on the J train. 
(laughs) Thank you so much, Amy. Everyone else listening, please check out okreal.co. It's such a well of wisdom and follow both okreal and Amy on Instagram. I'm going to link everything in the show notes and I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks, girl. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends, leave a review, and find all the show notes on wokeandwired.com and connect with me on Instagram at wokeandwired. Stay woke, stay wired, and have an incredible day.